body of phantoms and monsters. They exist among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey, folks, good evening, and welcome to Fans Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate and discuss some of the cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to Phantoms of Monsters and the Phantoms of Monsters 14 research team. So thanks for joining me. Um, Phantoms of Monsters radio channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe and like buttons and by you sharing our programming. Super chat and super thanks donations are appreciated. You can click the dollar icon located below the chat box and the buy me a coffee link is also available. So thanks for your consideration. Now, if you're in the chat and have a question, please use all caps. Uh, I'll try to get to it uh, after my presentation. I'll let you know uh, when you can start uh, posting the questions. So before I get started tonight, I, I want to mention that if um, you're in South Central Pennsylvania tomorrow, that's Saturday, October 14th. Stop in at the Albert Witch uh, Festival in Columbia, Pennsylvania. That's at the Columbia Crossing Trail Center right there at the park along the Susquehanna River. Begins at 11 a.m. and runs all day until 5 p.m. There will be speakers, vendors, food, entertainment, etc. Uh, my colleagues and team members, Sean Forker, who will be speaking, author Timothy Renner, naturalist Chad Redding, and event promoter Marla Snyder will be in attendance, and I also plan to attend as well, so maybe we can all hook up there. So uh, if you get a chance, head on out there, do so. should be interesting. So tonight, Gettysburg. Well, what can I say about Gettysburg? Uh, I've been I was born and raised near Gettysburg. I spent a lot of time on that battlefield. Uh, many paranormal investigators and enthusiasts refer to Gettysburg as the uh, most haunted town in the world. On July 1st through the 3rd of 1863, a small farming community witnessed some of the worst death and destruction ever seen on the North American continent. Over 165,000 men from both armies took part in the battle with uh, roughly one-third of them becoming casualties. More than 7,000 men died in the fighting, and a further 33,000 were wounded. The carnage left an indelible mark on the locale and the history that has endured for over 163 years. But Gettysburg is um, more than just a memorial to the people involved in that tragedy. It's uh, become a drawing card for the unexplained and a gathering spot for supernatural energy that descends beyond death. Uh, modern life adds to the mystery of the location, be it cryptids, curses, unidentified aerial phenomena, 
our personal experiences. So relax, unlock your mind, begin to perceive what I'm about to communicate with you. I will present the reports and incidents in detail and answer all questions from the chat. And we're, we're going to, the format's going to be a little bit different tonight. Uh, I'm going to talk about my personal experiences, a few of them, um, and, and some other people's personal experiences and some official statements made by the Park Service and a few of the odds and ends. Uh, Gettysburg just seems to draw all kinds of different things. So um, anyway, occasionally the Gettysburg National Military Park will receive a package that contains a rock or other item that was removed by a tourist to the battlefield. Why? Because of the curse. This was posted on the blog of the Gettysburg National Military Park. Uh, the packages seem totally innocuous, not very large, slightly heavier than you might expect for their size, addressed to the Gettysburg National Military Park, but not to a specific department or person often without a return address, not terribly unusual at all, except for the curse. The boxes in question hold rocks for the most part, rocks that were previously removed from the park and are now being returned. In almost every case, they also contain a letter such as the one below or the one I'm going to read, which was received in uh, May of, I think it was 2016. Now, first of all, I want to state that under federal regulations, it's actually illegal to take rocks and other artifacts from the battlefield. Possessing, destroying, injuring, defacing, removing, digging, or disturbing from its natural state a mineral resource or cave formation or the parts thereof are illegal. Actually, you can be fined up to $100 plus a $30 processing fee in, in uh, for uh, taking the object. So here was a letter from a Georgia family. Many years ago, when my son was little, my family took a trip to Gettysburg Battlefield in Pennsylvania. My young son was very interested in rocks at the time and found a stone on the battlefield that looked like it may have been stained with dried blood. It was a tiny little rock he had picked up without me realizing it and brought it home to Georgia. This one small act was about to change our lives tremendously. Years went by with one disaster after another and trauma after trauma occurring. My husband got ill and has over the, the years gotten progressively worse. My mother-in-law, who was living with us at the time, got very sick and eventually passed away. I had to change jobs with a large salary cut. We lost our house. Our dog died. My family, who was with us at Gettysburg, passed, and the list goes on. I just chalked it up to wicked bad luck. Now, I eventually found out that he had had the rock and later came upon an article that I had read, which would change my thinking about all of this being just bad luck. The article was about the curse of the Gettysburg Rocks. It turns out that people all over who had visited the park and taken a rock home with them have, or were having tremendously bad luck, and unthinkable things were happening to them after the rocks, after taking the rocks to the battlefield. It all makes sense now. 
Now, these people had every problem you could think of from different types of health problems, divorces, loss of homes, prison sentences, list goes on and on. Uh, this is what people around here referred to as the curse. Uh, so uh, another letter that came in was in 2006, I was visiting the Gettysburg Military Park. While out on the battlefield, I picked up picked these pieces up. Yes, it was wrong, and I'm sorry. Since then, I had nothing but horrible times. In general, my job, several sur surgeries, relationship failures, etc. Perhaps coincidental, maybe, but I'm returning the small stone and twig. Please return them to where I picked them up on top of Devil's Den area. Thank you. Uh, and here's another one. Around 10 to 11 years ago, my wife at the time and I had visited Gettysburg. We loved Gettysburg and its history and had removed three small stones. We didn't know how the removal of these stones would affect our lives, and we didn't know that they were cursed. It wasn't long after that that our lives fell apart. My wife took my son and walked out on me. I lost my house, the majority of what I owned, and ended up in prison for nine years. My now ex-wife has fared not no better. She has been plagued with health problems and other issues. When I was released from prison, I was able to find a place to live. As I was going through what my mother was able to salvage, I found the stones and remembered what I had read in prison about the stones being cursed. I'm sorry that we had taken them. So anyway, you know, this list, of, this list of letters and returns goes on and on. Uh, you know, I've heard these stories for my entire life and uh, living close to the battlefield, you're kind of privy to a bunch of odd stories connected with the area. Honestly, that's why I, I just don't, I have never taken artifacts, never went out there. Well, you can't go out there with a, a metal detector. They will find you for that. So just staying, if you go to Gettysburg, do not take anything off the battlefield. Anyway, uh, the next, uh, I wrote the next the following narrative not long after I had an experience in June of 1998. Now, it occurred during research while in my childhood hometown of Hanover, which is just east of... Um, just east to Gettysburg. I live nearby there now. And answered a few questions, at least to me, of the actual history leading up to the battle at Gettysburg. Now, most people who are sensitive to spirit energy will agree that the Gettysburg battlefield surrounding area is probably the most active locale for paranormal phenomena in the United States, if not the world. It seems that People have seen or heard something out of the ordinary at every engagement spot on the battlefield. I have also investigated phenomena in other battle areas, including Lee's retreat through Maryland and into Virginia after the Gettysburg engagement. Now, I was born and raised in Hanover, 13 miles east of Gettysburg, so my knowledge of the Battle of Gettysburg came early in my childhood. I became interested in the history leading up to the decisive clash between North and South. Of course, at that time, I was mostly limited to reading and making inquiries. But my spiritual abilities had been gradually developed, developing since an early age to the point where I recognized different vibration and energies. 
Allie, in June of 1998, I decided to take a few weeks to get up close and personal with the history of the Battle of Hanover, uh, an important prelude to the Battle of Gettysburg. Most of my investigation concentrated on the exact order of the battle that day of June 30th, 1863. Though most of the buildings and locations are no longer there, it was surprising how the official report written after the battle corresponded with some of the landmarks that remain. So one evening, I find myself north of Hanover near the area of the old Hanover Airport and beyond. I was walking around trying to get a feel for landmarks. Broadway, formerly Abbottstown Pike, leads from the Hanover Square north into the Pigeon Hills. Now, near this point, I started to get a residual sense of forces and chaos. Nothing was very clear, but I could tell that the tact was that of Union Cavalry. It felt like an engagement was near. I was able to pick up on just bits and pieces of weak spiritual activity. So I decided, decided to uh, drive back into town, stopping in several times in hope of sensing energy. I wasn't recognizing anything other than the strange looks I was getting for the people sitting on their porches. Uh, in fact, one man recognized me and started a conversation. I told him what I was doing and got a glance that I was now familiar with. Uh, that it must be nuts. Anyway. I told him it was nice to see him again, continued my trek to South on Broadway. Now, at this point, I was getting close to my grandmother's residence. Her house was built in 1903 by my uh, great-grandfather, but some of the wood structure from the original building was incorporated into the newer structure. She was uh, at a friend's house visiting, so I decided to stop by the old, uh, the old pine trees on the north side of the house. My grandmother has always been an inspiration to my love of local history. For as long as I can remember, she swore that Brigadier General George Armstrong Custer had dismounted his horse and sat on a bench in front of the original building, which is at, was at the, at the time uh, where our store is located at, and held a brief consultation where his, uh, with his officers after he and his Michigan Cavalry counterattacked Major uh, General Jeb Stewart's invading forces and had forced them out of town. Now, I had always considered this story as a tale that embellished itself over the years. I, I did know that, there, that this was near the point where Custer's fighters crashed into Stewart's forces during the counterattack, but most of the heavy fighting occurred close to the town square. So that's what I thought. But by this time, it was starting to get dark, and there was minimal traffic on the street. It was the weekend, and Hanover is still a stereotypical small town that rolls up the sidewalks at night, uh, especially in residential areas. Now, the weather was calm and warm. I sat there for about an hour or so thinking about my activities for the following day. In fact, I'm sure I dozed off for a bit when I noticed the muffled sounds of horses. Now, soon I was hearing pops and I swore I could smell sulfur from burnt gunpowder. I attempted to get a spiritual picture, or maybe what you call an astral state, of sensing someone who was frantically trying to find something. I continued to sit and concentrate when, bam, an immense flash to my right, and I instantly felt the concussion and burning. It literally blasted me off the, blasted me off the lawn chair. Hit, I hit my head against the, the pine tree trunk 
because the nasty sticky pine sap was all over the side of my face. I got up and wiped the debris off just as fast as it started the action had ended. This was very strange that I felt physical contact while in astral state. Also, this event had associated echoes, which in my experience are rare in combination with other paranormal activity. And instead of feeling residual spirit energy, this was more of an astral perception of actual events. Anyway, I, I decided that that was enough for one night. So a few weeks later, I talked to my grandmother about the incident. Uh, she was surprised to a degree, but she said that she has heard the uh, muffled sound of horse and artillery on many previous occasions. Now she asked me if I sensed George Armstrong Custer Hall. I replied that I hadn't, but I was sure that the soldiers were Union Cavalry. She chuckled some and said, well, give it time. Maybe one day you'll believe my story. Honestly, I believe, I believe her uh, the day of my experience. So I, I just need a closer encounter, just needed that closer encounter with history. So um, talking about some of the spiritual activity on the, on the battlefield. And look, I, I've experienced many things there as well over the years. Um, I did receive this. A woman and her husband were on the uh, battlefield at Spangler Springs. Uh, it's an area that's east of the main battlefield, but uh, it's, it's not very. It's very close to Culp's Hill, which saw a lot of fighting throughout the whole three days. Uh, this this couple observed a faceless entity that appears to be a young man. There's also a 1980s-style 10-speed bicycle. So they state, we went to Gettysburg in 2002. It was early spring and empty, but not by any means remote. I go to Spangler Spring with my husband. We park about three-quarters of the way up the road to Culp's Hill. Now, we see a small path, maybe 30 yards long, from behind the monuments. Right up to the hilltop with the observation tower and take the shortcut. We've seen no other people or vehicles since arriving at Spanger Spring, but it's like a Tuesday afternoon in the off season, so no big deal. There's an old school, old school, early 80s 10 speed bike leaning against the tower, and we both admire it. We climb up, and there's a guy in the far corner of the tower from the stairs with his back to us. He looks youngish and is wearing very retro clothes to match his bike. At first, I'm admiring the view and taking some photographs, but there's just this weird feeling. Then I realized that the guy is always in a different place, even though I never actually see him move. Kind of always there in my peripheral vision, yet I don't see him walking. He's just suddenly in a different place that he was at seconds ago. And I can't really explain it, but it's almost like he's vibrating, like he's pure energy or something. This freaks me out, but I'm determined to prove my wild imagination wrong. So I turn it into the tower interior to openly watch the guy. My husband is still taking photographs but keeps turning around and i have no clue why and what he's looking at the figure he saw a cold bird or something we're across the tower from each other and he's not showing any indication of being freaked out or so i'm thinking it's just me now i'm watching the guy and i start feeling dizzy almost faint 
I'm trying to ignore it and pay attention because I swear this guy is changing places without moving. It gets even weirder now that I'm staring and I realize that I can't see his face. It's just a blur, flush colored, but no actual features. Kind of like static jumping on a TV screen. My heart is racing and I feel severe vertigo suddenly. So I just want to get back down on the ground. And these towers are tall. Or were. I think most of them are gone now, the ones she's mentioning. My husband and I look at each other and just leave. We haven't spoken a word since we entered the tower. We head right over to the path back to the car and walk about halfway along before we both basically ask what the hell just happened at the same time. He tells me that the guy had no face and it was freaking him out, but he couldn't stop looking at him. Yet, from my perspective, my husband was always looking in a completely different direction from the guy. Other than that odd discrepancy, he describes everything I saw. Jittery, jumping figure with no face, seemingly to constantly change locations without moving. We're both at a complete loss, and to this day, we have no idea what was in that tower. I thought it could be a spirit, like maybe some poor kid fell or jumped there and was kind of stuck. My husband was sure it was an unholy entity. There are, also, there are so many paranormal stories from there, but it's extremely bizarre, even by Gettysburg standards, and still a mystery. Now, Spangler Spring. Uh, along with several other locations on the battlefield and in town, uh, there are, are actually active vortexes and rifts. Um, Spangler Spring has several vortexes of resi residual hotspots between it and the top of Culp's Hill. I've seen several full-body apparitions and manifestations in that area since I was a kid uh, during the daylight and night. Now, these manifestations cover all time periods in appearance. There is a woman in white that regularly appears in the early evenings at the monument above the spring. The phantom usually glides down the hill and moves across the road. And believe me, when I was younger and used to spend time on the battlefield and I had somebody with me, I even had a girlfriend with me one time. I took her over to Spanger Spring. Uh, and uh, this, this residual energy would make its way down. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of playing a cruel trick. But uh, I have probably seen it a half dozen times. Now, talking about cryptid activity, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, a lot of old stories about Bigfoot on the battlefield. There was one in particular from um, that was in the Trenton Evening Times. It was published in August 12, 1921, about a big gorilla that attacks Gettysburg Resident. Uh, in the story, it states the gorilla, which terrorized residents of the northern end of Adams County some months ago, had made its appearance again, this time coming right into the town. The other evening, a woman resident on uh, York Street saw a creature about four foot high moving along the fence in the rear of her house, and she rushed to the next house to secure help. The neighbor fired a shotgun, shotgun and the gorilla dropped to the ground. The gunner went toward the fallen animal, but the beast jumped to its hind legs and chased the man into the house. Those who ventured to look out say the animal disappeared in the direction of Biggerville. 
it is believed that the animal has returned to the vastness of the mountains. Now, during a radio appearance in 2011, I commented on separate reports about both. I both received that week and another time as referenced Bigfoot sightings in and around Gettysburg. Uh, one report focused on a sighting that occurred in Gettysburg, though it did it did need to be verified since the nature of the sighting was a bit weird in idiosyncrasy, or let alone the beast was seen digging through a trash bin and ran off with a KFC bucket. Over the years, I've heard several Bigfoot sightings at Gettysburg Battlefield as well. Now, I received another correspondence from a man from Indiana who wanted to remain anonymous. It seems he and his family had spent the past week vacationing in Gettysburg and were on their way home on a Friday night at around 8.30 p.m. Now, from the information I gathered, he was driving westbound on US-30, which is Lincoln Way uh, West, uh, Chambersburg Road, near the intersection of uh, 234, which is Bachman Valley Road, on the uh, cent central eastern edge of Misho State Forest, approximately 10 miles west of Gettysburg. Now, he noticed that about 40 yards ahead of him, a large, tall, dark-haired humanoid darted out onto the highway, which is four lanes wide and bound across from north to south into the adjacent woods. He stated that it seemed to take only eight to ten long strides to cover the width of the highway. He also states that the beast was carrying an object under its left arm but couldn't make out what it was. It said it looked towards him, and he was able to get a good look at the face, which was lighter in color than the rest of the body. It was somewhat different than Bigfoot images that he remembered seeing. The face and the chin were distinctively long. Um, and I also sent several images to him, and he picked out a few that he thought were close to the match. Uh, you know, though the overall area is known mostly for more mostly for ghost sightings and other hauntings. And, of course, I had my Conewaga Phantom sighting just north of Gettysburg as well. There just seems to be a lot of stuff going on in there. And, actually, Adams County, which is the county where Gettysburg is located, has had a lot of BFRO reports over the years. Class A report in January 1998, nighttime sighting by motorist on Route 116 between Gettysburg and Fairfield, which I live right off of uh, 116 in the other direction. Uh, October 1997, Class A, both bow hunter encounters multiple creatures chasing deer. June of 1997, very loud, extremely powerful howl heard near a home. Uh, 92. Footsteps heard on a porch, large, dark shadow passes window near Gettysburg. And it's 61, possible encounter between a juvenile and a human child near Gettysburg. Now, um, quite frankly, and I, I mentioned Misho State Forest. Now, Misho, like I said before, is just west of Gettysburg. Um, the area is well known for cryptid activity, including cryptid canines, too. Uh, I think the BFRO at one point had mentioned that Misho is one of the hot spots for Bigfoot activity in Pennsylvania. And myself and others, including Tim Renner and other folks, have 
have researched the area for many, many years. And there have been a lot of stories I've reported out of there. Um, but a lot of times people see the Bigfoot along Route 30. And the reason for that is because of the roadkill. Uh, a lot of deer are hit on that, on that road, on the highway. And people see the Bigfoot coming onto the road or onto the shoulder, grabbing the dead deer and taking off with them into the woods. I've had several reports like that. Now, here's a personal experience. Kind of comical, but it's it happened. Many times when I'm interviewed, a question pertaining to my early paranormal experiences is asked. Occasionally, I'll mention an incident that occurred when I was on a field trip in fifth grade at the Gettysburg Battlefield. Uh, it was an area I was already familiar with, the location where I had my first profound sensory experience a few years prior to that. I had a uh, personal experience in 1969 that most definitely defined my acceptance of the paranormal. I had an affinity with spirits for as long as I could remember, though I didn't give anyone any indication of what I'd been witnessing or feeling. Now, I was born and raised near Gettysburg, and I just re and at the time of writing this, I had just moved back to the area, which was in 2016. I was fascinated with the history and the unusual chronicles of the infamous battle. At an early age, I discovered my ability to sense and recognize spirit energy during my explorations of the battlefield while riding my bicycle. So when I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Z. I'm not going to give his full name, but it did. his last name did start with a Z. He was a devout churchgoer and a strict disciplinarian who had a deep affection for American history. He was also a friend of my parents. So I, I knew I was on a short leash. Honestly, I, I didn't particularly like Mr. Z. There was something about him that just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know, know if it was his attitude, the way he would look at you with those uh, thick Coke bottle glasses. But then again, my uh, animosity towards him could have been the result of him smacking me on the back of my head in class one day because I was talking to another classmate. Regardless, I was always wary of him. Now, was one thing required of each of Mr. Z's students, the memorization reciting of a Gettysburg, or Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. He was very resolute about this assignment. Also, each of his classes took a field trip to the Gettysburg Battlefield near the end of the school year. So a few weeks prior to the field trip, there would be an intense study of the three-day battle with all the particulars. This was fine with me because I knew much of the information already, and Mr. Z was impressed with my prior knowledge until the day before the field trip. Now, on that day, the discussion centered around the high number of deaths during the battle and how the wounded and dead were dealt with. And I will remember his question to me like it was asked yesterday. Lon, what was the result of the carnage at Gettysburg? Hoping that I would answer the development of the Sanitary Commission, instead I answered ghost. I'll never forget that look he gave me. The answer got me a conference with Mr. Z after class. Of course, Mr. Z didn't believe in ghosts. So after everyone had left school, Mr. Z instructed me to wait for him in the classroom. 
I had no idea what was in store for me. A few minutes later, Mr. Z and my mother walked into the classroom. Mr. Z explained to her what I had said and told her that he didn't appreciate my, quote, wise-ass remark. I said nothing other than to apologize and promise to never talk out of turn again. So when I got home, nothing was mentioned about the incident, which was okay by me. So the next day, my classmates and I hopped on the bus and proceeded towards Gettysburg. And when we arrived, a National Park Service tour guide boarded the bus. The whole fair was old hat for me, but I remained quiet and enjoyed the day out of the classroom. So after an hour or so, we arrived at a very familiar and favorite location, what I called Death Valley or the Valley of Death. This included the wheat field area leading up to Devil's Den. Soon after stopping at these locations and listening to the tour guide, we made our way to the summit of Little Round Top. Now, at this point, we were allowed to disembark and stretch our legs. We walked, we walked to the rocky summit of Little Round Top and looked out onto the vast battlefield. I have always loved this location, and I had felt many fallen spirits here over the years. We next walked down the road a bit until we reached the pathway to the 20th Main Monument. We trekked a short distance until we reached the uh, short stone wall where these brave soldiers had essentially saved the Union on July 2nd, 1863. It is truly a sobering location, a place I had visited and connected with several resident spirits several times. Now, I, I, let me interject here. That, that description is different now to the area because they are doing extensive work on top of Little Round Top. And I'm going to be interested to see how what it looks like when it's opened up again. Anyway, so we stood and looked on for a few minutes while at the, uh, the monument when Mr. Z walked up to me and smirked, where are those ghosts? In front of my classmates, I was embarrassed by his comment as the other kids started to laugh and tease. So Mr. Z just leisurely walked away with his hands in his pockets and a big smile on his face. So he was standing by himself beside the 20th Main Monument when he suddenly yelled out. I watched him tumble headfirst down the hillside. He rolled quite a distance, but eventually got back to his feet, struggled to climb back up to the pathway. The tour guide asked if he was all right. The first thing out of Mr. Z's mouth was, someone pushed me. I couldn't help myself. I tried to hide the smile on my face. He had torn the inseam of his slacks and received a nasty bump on his forehead. And after trying to straighten himself, he shot a quick pistol glance in my direction. I was still smiling. And Mr. Z never said one word to me after that. But he... Uh, he was about right about one thing. He was pushed. And I was the only person that knew what did it. So uh, let's talk about unidentified flying objects and possible alien beings. Uh, it was soon, very soon after the Battle of Gettysburg, when uh, the recounting of battle events and experiences evolved to become battlefield legends which flourished as tourism industry in Adams County grew. Now, most were quite sentimental, blue and gray, calling 
an informal truce to share the waters of Spangler Spring, the forgotten body of the Confederate sharpshooter at Devil's Den, the message to Jenny Wade that was never delivered in the light. You know, all the stories that you hear about Gettysburg. Uh, all these stories are printed in the guidebooks, and uh, of course, they're more recent phenomena pertaining to the numerous ghosts and spirits purported to haunt both town and battlefield. Um, lots of ghost tour companies, you know, I've mentioned all this before. Yet somewhere between the period of the battlefield legends and the current ghost tour craze, were the complacent years after World War II when the only real threat to America was the Great Red Menace and invaders from outer space. Even the small community of Gettysburg was not immune from invaders from outer space. Now, July 8, 1947, a group of visitors were picnicking at the Pennsylvania Monument, which is the large monument, largest monument on the battlefield, when they witnessed half a dozen silvered objects fly over the battlefield and disappear in the east. Not once, but twice. Aghast at the sight of these unknown objects slicing across the sky, the couples reported their experience that would be logged up as some numerous suspicious sightings of flying saucers throughout the country that year. Described as everything from saw blades to round silver discs that made no little or no noise as they whirled around the sky. Now, little did this group know at the time how the odd observation was, one, was only one incident of the tantalizing craze that would not only grip Adams County, but the nation as a whole. Uh, uh, as in the nation, as the whole earth was seemingly being invaded, because there was a lot of stuff going on in 1947. So, uh, people were wondering was Gettysburg an intergalactic list of uh, one of the intergalactic list of places to visit? So, not since 1938, when Orson Welles' infamous War of the Worlds broadcast gripped many Americans in fear of alien invaders. And America thought of one moment of a threat from beyond the cosmos. But here it was, flying over the Pennsylvania Monument in broad daylight in a sunny July afternoon. Now, the post-World War II era saw an explosion of strange sightings. Reports of flying saucers and other bizarre events seemingly beyond reasonable explanation. It was a new science fiction which extended itself beyond radio broadcasts and books to movie screens all across the country. There was something flying around up there, and though we had no idea what it was, it had finally made an appearance over the Gettysburg National Military Park. Now, there never was a full explanation or official disclosure about the 1947 sightings over the park. It was simply chalked up as one of the numerous sightings of UFOs that flourished around the country over the ensuing decades. And certainly those picnickers who were enjoying their afternoon in the park on that day in 1947 had no idea they would become part of the national sensation of observing flying saucers and quite possibly the beginning of an alien invasion. Uh, and barely four years later, Hollywood would produce the epic film The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951, where a flying saucer landed on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., isn't it unfortunate that the scriptwriter did not see this story in the Gettysburg Times first and have Clay 2 ship land on the lawn behind the Pennsylvania Monument? 
Uh, that's probably for the best given to the nation's capital was more pertinent choice for uh, those early years of the Cold War. So um, park employees will sometimes be questioned as to the existence of ghosts and spirits on the battlefield. But few have ever been asked if any of us or any of them had seen or witnessed UFOs coursing across the park sky. Now note, actually the sighting, this sighting took place the day before on July 7th, 1947, around 3.30 p.m. In fact, there was a huge wave of UFO sightings nationwide in 1947, including Pennsylvania, in which 25-plus individual reports were made on July 7th and July 8th. Also, the Roswell incident was reported on July 8th of 1947. Now, over the years, there have been UFO sightings around the battlefield, including a witness account I received in 1996 of a small disc landing on top of Devil's Den. Now, I, ever, I never did get a confirmation on that one, but a park ranger I talked to didn't think it was worth noting or repeating. So I, I guess he wasn't looking forward to any future alien questions from the tourists. Now, I think that's going to be it for the presentation. Now, if you do have questions, please, uh, please post them. I'll answer as many as I possibly can. Um, but, um, I hope you liked the presentation. I hope I gave you some information, some of the weird stuff that has been going on at Gettysburg all these years. Oh, I also want to ask, uh, I want to thank Robo1776 for his super sticker. And uh, he also put in a uh, question I have to leave, so I missed the rest, but I want to help out, and I appreciate it immensely. And I appreciate all everybody's uh, con consideration and, and donations to the channel. It's, it's much appreciated. So, folks, if you got any questions, put them up in caps into the chat. Uh, <clears throat> now, many of you may know my first experience I had on the battlefield, which was um, in, in actually 1969, like I stated before, when I was, I was on my bicycle. I used to ride out to that battlefield almost well, during the summer, almost every other day. I really did. I'd go up 116 and, and travel the 11, 12 miles just to be on the battlefield. I used to like to watch all the tourists and such. But one day, I was in that the, the Valley of Death, the area I talked about, and it was like a big, suddenly a big TV screen opened up in front of my eyes. Lasted for about 30 seconds, but I was in the battle that day. I literally saw soldiers, smelled gunpowder, heard gunfire, cannons, gunfire, all of it. I mean, all my senses were heightened. And uh, like I said, it lasted about 30 seconds, but that was really my first confirmation of my spirit ability. I was, what, nine years old at the time? So, um, you know, that was a time when, you know, people, parents didn't mind you getting on the bike and heading out somewhere. Uh, I was pretty well able to go about anywhere I wanted to, to be honest with you. But, no, after that, I mean, I, um, I was really um, – I was really aware of what was going on with me. And over the years, I've kind of developed it. It's waned off and on. But, you know, when I got older and started getting involved with looking at the phenomena, and of course, started getting 
writing the blog and such, and then having experience with Bigfoot, a winged humanoid, not far from the battlefield, uh, I started going into, uh, you know, start going into it more. Now, Bernadette asked, why do you think the rocks carry such a bad, such bad luck? Well, could it be coincidental? Is it really a curse? I don't know. A lot of people seem to believe it. You know, I talked to, um, I talked to somebody at the tour center at military park years and years ago about this. And, um, the, the woman told me that she believes they get anywhere from 30 to 40 packages a season. Now I'm talking about the summer from people who are returning rocks. You know, I, I warn people if I take people on the battlefield and I've done several, I used to do tourists. I used to do private tours. Um, most of the time it's with celebrities that have come into town. They'll know someone I know and they'll, contact me to uh, to give them a private tour. So I have had a few celebrities that I have given private tours to. First thing I tell them, don't pick anything up and take it with you. Um, and in fact, I did catch some one person grab a rock and put it into a um, into a pocketbook. And I told them that you know I wasn't going to go any further until they put the rock back down where it was. Do I believe the curse? Yeah, but I, I knew there was also a fine if you get caught. So uh, take it for what it's worth. Uh, just don't do it. Sergio Stabon. Lon, have you heard of any cryptids looking like giant stick men? Well, I, you know, I have written about these stick men phenomena. Uh, he said it was tall. He, he's, the guy he was talking about said in 1993 that it was tall as a telephone pole. That's pretty big. I don't think I've had any that big, um, but the stick man phenomenon does occasionally raise its ugly head. Um, now, what it's associated with, I had no idea. Is is it, you know, is it a spirit? I don't know. Uh, ACDC fifty one fifty. Thanks for your donation, Lon. Are you familiar with Bachelors Grove Cemetery in the South Suburb of Chicago? or St. James Church, Monk's Castle nearby. I, I know a batch of Grove. Uh, I've never been there. I know several people who have been there. Uh, I have written several stories about Batcher's Grove, uh, some of the things people have seen, some of the things they've experienced there. The, the cemetery itself is somewhat dilapidated, though I know there have been efforts to fix it up some. It's kind of out of the way. It's along a kind of an abandoned road off a of main highway. But, yeah, I have heard about it. And, of course, the, Chicago is known for a lot of stories coming out of the uh, cemeteries. And, in fact, several of the winged humanoid settings that we have had uh, were in around some of the cemeteries. So uh, I am aware of it. Any other questions, folks? Okay, well, I, I hope you all enjoyed it. I, I wanted to, uh, Bernadette has suggested that I do something about Gettysburg. I thought it was a good idea, so I figured I'd put everything together and make a presentation out of it. So, again, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting, and if you donate, it's truly appreciated. Uh, your support is what makes all this possible. 
Uh, so please like, subscribe, and share. If you have a sighting report, uh, and you'd like to be considered for the personal report show, or personal FAMS and Monster, feel free to contact me at lonstrickler at famsandmonsters.com. So until we meet again, I want to thank you and uh, have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Take care.